it is it is time for everyone to like rise the fuck up yeah like for real it is time for everyone to dig deep to be courageous and to start becoming the person they were always meant to be it's time What up? Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Sacred Odyssey. This is episode eight, right? I think so. We have a few in the pipeline that we're still editing. We want to make sure we put out good, valuable content, but I think episode eight. I'll just say <laughs> what I say every single time. Let's jump right in. Let's get in. <laughs> no, this Dude. one This one is uh, This one is important. This one is Very. more of a call, like we were talking mm-hmm. about at the beginning. This is a call... And you'll understand why yeah. about just the importance of this topic that we'll mm-hmm. unravel here. That we'll introduce. Mm-hmm. And before we do, we want to um, actually talk a little bit about how Sacred Odyssey started and also what Althea is. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people that are consuming this content now are from TikTok, which shout out. Dude, hell yeah. Dude. Welcome. We're like super grateful for all the comments and people following. It's so astonishing to see the new followers every day, see some of these videos pop. And I think it's fascinating because it's so like, we didn't have to put a ton of work into it. It really was just us expressing our thoughts on this podcast. So to see it resonating with so many people is really fulfilling. Yeah. And growing organically where it's like people want to listen and we're providing content that hopefully, you know, people enjoy can get something out of. Yeah. And it is really cool to finally start seeing that community being built. Yeah. And how in real time, in real time, because like we were just talking before this episode of saying like, we've done so much work behind the scenes for the last couple of years that we're finally, we're so excited that people are starting to, you know, join us in that, you know, they've been on their own journey for the past couple of years. And so have we, and we're so ready to come together and like, just move mountains. Mm. You know, yeah, dude, it's been so exhilarating slash humbling reading the comments because yeah. it's like for so long and a lot of people commented this, but like for so long, you and I have been looking for a soul tribe and just people that are like minded that share the same vision. And we have not. It's been a struggle. There's just not a lot of people that we've found. And the moment we put out this podcast, it was like they started to come in in droves from all over the country and all over the world. And it was like this feeling of like, oh, that's so freaking cool. Mm -hmm. That is so cool that through this podcast, through TikTok, we can start to build this soul tribe that we've been craving for so long. Yeah, dude, it is really, it's really fun to see and to see where it's going to go because this is only be, only the oh, beginning. This is just the beginning. Like, so, so I and I think that would start out this podcast really well. Yeah. So thank you to everyone who follows and supports us on on TikTok. It's super humbling. Um, even to all the people that roast us in the comments, we appreciate that too. It's it <laughs> thank keeps you for us the grounded. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for the attention. But um, yeah, so Sacred Odyssey actually that's the simplest way to explain it. It started as a way really to number one express yep. our thoughts. That's the logo of Sacred Odyssey. The glyph is the glyph of expression. And hopefully through that authentic expression to attract our soul tribe. Now, there's another kind of consciousness behind Sacred Odyssey, which we call Althea. Althea Mm -hmm. comes from the Greek um, root word Althea, which means healer or to heal or to become whole. And so Althea is very 
it's very futuristic. It, it literally is very futuristic. It's a platform of the future where it will bring together all these like-minded people who are in alternative medicines, who are in healing, who are in the space of spirituality, who are all, all types of things you can imagine all on this one platform. And the overarching goal of Althea is to create easier access to healing. Now, that'll come, I foresee, in many different ways through art, through expression, through so many things, but Althea is really the beginning of a new society. It's a, a beginning of people who are like-minded, who want to share their gifts and, and help serve the world. And mm -hmm. for those who are struggling, as Althea grows, they, they know that Althea has that stamp of credibility of like, oh, I'm really struggling in my life. I need help. What can Althea offer? Yeah. And it, it will become that like stamp of like, just un, like authority, almost spiritual yeah. authority. That's the overall goal for Althea. And so sacred odyssey, we call it the portal to Althea. It's, it's what brings the attention over time to Althea. So it's a, it's a massive project at scale. that's going to happen organically in the background, but that's like the, the background version of mm -hmm. Althea. And I think that goes hand in hand with, today's episode. Yes. A lot of the, you know, topics or a lot of the, you know, things that we talk about with this topic that we're going to talk about today is the fact and uh, knowledge behind containers mm. and yes. the containers of uh, energy and creating an environment for things to blossom and grow and, th and for people to feel safe and just the idea of containers and how important that is. Yes. And Althea I see it as being the container of an idea that will grow organically over the next few years yeah. to grow into something um, amazing. Well put. Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly what it is. And it's one of my favorite quotes is um, form creates flow. And what, what we sometimes forget is that you have to have the structure in order for the magic to flow through that structure. A good mm -hmm. analogy is a river. You know, a river is not a river and cannot flow without the river banks, which is the structure, the form, the masculine. And then the river, the flow, the abundance is, is the feminine. And that's what we're talking about today is how mm -hmm. to step into the sacred masculine and what that actually means, how you do that, and also the power of that. Yeah. So yes, Althea is definitely the, the structure that will help the magic of healing or the divine feminine to flow through. It's brilliant. <laughs> so let, let's get into this sacred masculine. This was very much inspired by, number one, there was like just a need for it. Like it, it was coming up. It mm -hmm. was like, I think we need to address this. But there was a lot of people in comments and people who messaged us who were like, wow, like finally, like I, I see more men in this space. And the first time I read that comment, it, I don't know about you, but it surprised me a little bit because yeah. I didn't think about it from that angle. I guess I don't think about things like that anyway. I don't really <laughs> divide things into like male, like, and so when I kept seeing comments like that, I was like, oh, that's like a, that's like a hot topic right now or like a need right now of more men to be more vulnerable and to get in this space yeah. of healing and of expressing feelings and of sharing life stories. Yeah. And I think one, one important aspect is when we talk about uh, masculine and the sacred masculine, I think in this episode in particular, we're, we're going to be talking about the, the men, the mm -hmm. males, and, and, yeah. and calling them forward to step into their power. But the sacred masculine, and we'll talk about this in this episode and future episodes, the sacred masculine is also the perfect balance 
with the sacred feminine. Mm-hmm. And I think it is different for each people. You yeah. know, that, that balance is different um, where they need to be. But the masculine, the sacred masculine, everybody needs to step into that. Yeah. Right? It's not male or female. It's an archetype. It's an archetype. And it's, and it's, uh, it's a balance between the two. Mm-hmm. So even though this episode is mainly calling for the men to step up and um, dive into and embrace their sacred masculine or divine masculine, whichever one. Um, it is also, you know, it could be important to females or yeah. feminine and, and, and masculine. It's, it's both. It's this balance between the two that is a purpose why we're, of why yeah. we're here. So. Yeah, and and to kind of paint the picture, qualities of the masculine are qualities such as um, order, structure, discipline, action. Those are qualities of the masculine. Uh, willpower. Um, qualities of the feminine are flow, abundance, courage, magic. Mm-hmm. Th- these are all qualities of the feminine. And so right now, like like you just said, this is really the call for men to start to step into the sacred masculine because it's so needed right now to the point to where it actually is kind of frustrating uh, where I see certain men act a certain way and it's just like it is it's time to step up it's time to finally become who we were meant to become which is that like sacred warrior Mm -hmm. that inner warrior who is so strong he is so sure of who he is he's so assertive but in that strength because he's so strong that's what allows him to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. aubrey marcus talks about this like he's so strong he's a dragon that it's like no one can hurt him like that that's how strong he is so in that self-strength he can then be soft because it's like i'm a dragon i could destroy you like but i'm not going to i'm going to contain that in fact jordan peterson talks a lot about this about meekness he says that's what meekness is is that it's it's controlling that monster within you not getting rid of it he's like society tells you to to not be a monster and he's like, that's wrong. You need to be a monster. You need to tap into those masculine qualities, but then learn how to control it. Yeah. And and taming that power within you. Yeah. Because think about it. It's like a, an avatar. You know, when they, I don't know what those creatures are called, the big flying creatures in Avatar. <laughs> yeah. When they have to go and tame the biggest mm. beast that they can and connect with that. And it's like, that thing is wild. And that thing can has a lot of power, but... If you have the ability to contain it and tame it and use it to your advantage, how powerful is that? Yeah. And that's with inside of you. Yeah. You know, there's something deep inside of us, there, our truest essence that is the, the, the most powerful thing that we have with us. It is our truest form. Yeah. And everything else that is built upon us is covering that almost like layer, layers of dirt, mm-hmm. almost like, you know, insecurity and fear and you know, the lack of self-confidence, all that is, is dimming the light of how powerful you truly are. And so the call of the, of the divine masculine is to shed all of that that doesn't serve you. Mm. Everything that doesn't allow you to, you know, express your most powerful and true form. That is this call. That is what we'll be talking about is that is the underlying essence of sacred odyssey. I think just, showing people how powerful they truly are, how they can step into that. In this episode, we're diving into the yeah. the masculine side of that. 
Yeah, no, that's powerful. And it's, it's understanding another good analogy that, but that's with the body is that the masculine and the, the sacred masculine is the spine, right? And then the belly and the breath that moves through the body is the feminine. And then the voice is the bridge between the two that creates union. And so when we talk about the sacred masculine in this episode, think about the spine and what the spine does for the body. It's, it's like erect, it's straight, it's strong, it's assertive, it's the backbone. Mm-hmm. That's why we say have a backbone, right? That's the sacred masculine of standing up for truth, standing up for honor. I think of integrity. And if there ever, that's the importance of this call. If there ever was a time in history where we needed men to stand up and to step into not not these tough men that are just like bitter and strong and like out to just like be competitive and like destroy, like no, like things have changed. There's a new model now. And it's the man that is just so integral, that's so vulnerable, that's so soft, but he is so in touch with himself and so strong. Mm-hmm. That's the new man that we need to start to step into. Yeah, someone who has the strength to destroy the world and heal it. Yes. Completely. Yeah. You know, and a good example is I don't know if, if people here have watched the movie The Witcher, but this is literally the perfect example. The Witcher represents the sacred masculine, and Siri, the princess, represents the divine feminine. And what's interesting in observing this show is that you neither they both need each other. Yeah. Siri cannot accomplish her mission without the protection and the strength of the Witcher. It's impossible to slay, you know, all those demons and dragons. But he is nothing without her. She's the ultimate power. She's the ultimate healing. She's the source that will change the whole entire land. And so he is the form, the structure through which she can then flow her magic through. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful analogy of the sacred masculine and the divine feminine coming together. Yeah. And that really uh, is is a short story in the broad perspective of of what's happening on earth. As as we all know, we're moving into like the age of the sacred feminine Mm -hmm. in order for that to be as powerful and successful as it can be there needs to be that safe container with that masculine energy to provide a space for the feminine to really really blossom and i think that will be accomplished by men stepping into who they really really truly are balancing those two and creating that that space for people to be vulnerable and, and yeah. blossom and, and create and and all that, right? Because if yes. the people who can protect you are not vulnerable and kind of beat you down, it's like then you don't have that safety to do that. As, you know, Dude, anyway. and oh, I'm so glad you brought up safety because this is huge. What we need to understand is that, like, if you look at the world right now, it's falling apart, Right. Like if you, if you don't see that, then <laughs> wake up. It, the world is falling apart. The The economy is collapsing. We're going to have a dollar collapse eventually. We're at war. Like we're, there's a food supply chain problem. The government's corrupt. Like society is actually crumbling, right? The only thing that can heal us is the power of the divine feminine, Mother Gaia, right? But she cannot do that until there's safety, like you just said. There, there has to be safety held for the healing power of the feminine to come in. And, you know, this is really powerful because I think it's time for a story of psychedelics. <laughs> so should we go to the story? Yeah. 
We have to. Okay, so Peyton and I had an experience to bring in the new year, uh, bring in the new year of 2022 to really let go of the old of 2021 and to step into the new us of 2022. And we brought that about through a sacred ceremony using um, some psychedelic uh, medicine, some plant medicine. And so we had this whole entire uh, beautiful ceremony night that was scheduled. Well, to not go too much into detail, that that container, the safety of that container was actually kind of broken. And um, there were some things that happened that night of like high energy, people really having anxiety, like during during kind of this, this ceremony. It, it actually kind of took a dark turn. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever had any experiences with plant medicine, you'll know that you don't get what you want, you get exactly what you need. <laughs> and yeah. it was, it, it all ended up perfect. You know, everyone was safe. It was, it was a beautiful night, but there was a very um, impactful moment during that night. I was upstairs in this place where we were having the ceremony and I could feel everything. I could feel everything everybody was going through. I could feel the energy. I could feel the house. I could... I could feel people's demons and what they were struggling with and like trying to assist in transmuting that energy. And there was a moment where this voice, you know, I, I believe it was the voice of the plant medicine that came through to me that was very, very strong. It was very clear. It was very sharp. It hit me like a freaking arrow, dude. And it was like, hold space for the feminine. Hold space for the feminine. Hold space for the feminine. And it kept repeating. Hold space for the feminine. Hold space for the feminine. Dude, it repeated all night. It kept coming up and leaving and then it come back for like six hours, dude. And I didn't really know what it meant. There was a lot going on that night. So in the integration in the weeks following, I started to put pieces together and I started to realize that we are here as men to hold space for the feminine. You know, And I think that's a hard pill to swallow for some men. That's a strike to the ego. That's Mm -hmm. kind of like we've believed for whatever reason that women are inferior to us, even though they literally hold the life codes. They they birth life, right? Mother Gaia, it's it's feminine, right? It's the healing power. It's the creative power. It's the abundance. All the good qualities we want, joy, curiosity, it's Mm -hmm. all feminine qualities. And so... That was a very impactful moment for me of realizing, wow, part of my mission here is to create that safe space and container to hold space for the feminine so it can come through and start to heal, mm-hmm. start to make changes, start to bring us to the new earth. And that was that was a very powerful concept because yeah. then it led naturally to the next question, which was like, well, how do I hold space for the feminine? Yeah, And who do I have to become in order to hold space for the feminine. And on each level, mm. how do I feel so safe in my own body that I can express feminine qualities that I want? How can I hold space and, and create a container with the masculine to allow the feminine to blossom within my own family, mm-hmm. within my community, within the world? And it's at each level as well. You know, it gets down to the personal and the micro and the macro. Yeah. And that's an important aspect of it. It is. Of You first have to find within yourself before you can fully step into the potential of doing it for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really, 
it really is this fine balance and we'll we'll start to step into the future of this new earth where the ultimate goal is this like sacred union right where both the masculine and the feminine energy come together and intertwine into one and, and synthesize in, into one consciousness because mm-hmm. it's all interconnected and that's that's the power and the beauty of it but this is definitely that call for the men to start to step into the sacred masculine it's time in fact it's past time yeah like we're, we're it, there's an urgency here it really is overdue and so the question then becomes like the question i asked for myself how do you do that how do you step into the sacred masculine and how do you start to really tap into that and embody that so that's what we're going to go over we're going to go through six ways of, of many there's several but we're going to go over six very prominent ways of how you can start to step into the sacred masculine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through through stuff that we've learned through our personal stories mm-hmm. and through things that, you know, we just really find that have helped. Yeah. And, uh, you know, take these and apply it to your life exactly how, how you can. Yeah. You know what? It's different for everybody. Every, everybody has a different role to play. One totally. underlying theme is that masculine energy though yeah that's a constant it is and it means different things for different people but if we can all step into our role of of really integrating that true divine masculine then you're playing your uh, your role perfectly yeah and stepping into that allowing this new age to blossom yeah dude yeah. and i want before we get into these six um I really, this seems so important. I really want to harp on the principle of like, we need both the masculine and the feminine. This is not a competition. (laughs) Again, back to the analogy of the movie, The Witcher, the the show, The Witcher, both of them would have failed miserably without the other. They both play a prominent role. So like during this podcast, as you're listening, if your ego starts to step in the way remember that you're still needed like who you are uniquely authentically yourself that's what we need Mm -hmm. but as you're a man listening to this you also have that calling to step into that sacred light and to refine those qualities to start to polish those rough edges and to really start to become one with the overall flow their overall consciousness Mm -hmm. we we had a there was a comment i wish i knew the name Shout out to whoever on TikTok made this comment, but he said ego stands for edging God out. I saw that. Yeah. I saw Dude, that I loved that. It's so true. When the ego starts to come in, it's us edging out that connection to the ultimate higher source, to consciousness, to flow, to God, to whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So if that does start to come up, just remember that and surrender to it in and this is a call to step into this archetype. And if it seems overwhelming, that's okay. You know, these are simple processes and this will all take time. We're all on this journey. But I do want to preface that, that like both are needed equally. And we're all doing it side by side. Side by side. day by day. You know, we can't perfect perfect these things overnight. And it takes a lot of um, introspection and practice and awareness. But after a few months of really devoting your time to understanding these concepts and how powerful they can be, it, yeah, you'll see just how how great it can be and, and what that means. Hell yeah. Hoorah. Okay, Hoorah. let's dive into these six. So number one um, way of, of stepping into the sacred masculine, the first thing is going to be ownership. Uh, another word for this is accountability. This is really, really big. You cannot step 
if the, if the sacred masculine is order and structure and discipline, dude, the foundation of that is accountability. You have to really, as a man, start to look at your shadows. <laughs> we talk about this in every episode. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, this is it's a re, there's a reason why we why say why we say it over and over again. People need to be told it many times. I do on yes. a every, on, on a daily basis. It's a reminder that in order to to show your truest potential, your highest form, you have to face things within you. You do. And that's why we are here on earth. Yeah. And, and this is important because on one of these steps, number three, we'll go through deprogramming beliefs. But yeah. if there's a lot of men listening to this who are struggling to, st- and look, there's not a final destination to this. I'm not speaking on this podcast from the other side. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey guys, I'm on the side of the sacred masculine. <laughs> I made it like doesn't exist, right? It's a constant process. Mm-hmm. And so during this process, if there's men that are struggling to really embody this archetype, we have to understand that there's a lot of wounds, a lot of deep wounds around the masculine. Same with the feminine. We'll, we'll get to that in another episode, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of wounds around that. And so the only way you're going to start to heal those wounds is by becoming aware of them which means you have to start looking at the darkness. You have to start looking at your fears. You have to start looking at your shadows and your demons because that's where the gift actually is and that's where the wounds are hidden. And I think that's one of the most powerful masculine attributes is not fighting, but being willing to confront the darkness. Yes. And transmuting that. And that takes a lot of power. It, it, it does, you know, and it's, but it's such a beautiful alchemical process when you realize that, um, darkness is just light with a mask that like, that's all it is. It's Mm -hmm. all light, you know? And, and so as you start to look at those again, you realize, oh, it, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was. It wasn't as big as I thought it, I thought it was, but like, in order to step into this journey of the masculine, it starts with ownership. Yeah. It starts with accountability of being like, okay, where am I falling short? Where am I not embodying this archetype? Where am I being too soft? Where am I being too controlling, mm-hmm. right? Overactive masculine. Where am I being way too power hungry? Where am I coming and acting and making decisions from the ego instead of the heart? All these are questions to ask yourself and it requires that accountability. Like if you're operating from your ego a lot of the time on a daily basis, you need to be honest with yourself mm-hmm. and admit that and be like, dude, part of why my life is not the way it is is because I'm acting too much from the ego. And you have to start saying that as painful as that truth is, you have to start owning up to that. Yeah. And just saying that is completing that, that task of saying, I'm doing this from the ego. That's taking a hit to your ego and you do it over and over again. It gets easier and easier. The way I like to think about it is when you're trying to embody the masculine, it's almost like leveling out, um, all the different attributes within you. So almost like a level like this recorder next to us, there's different levels at different places up and down that straight through line is the masculine of balancing everything and, and having everything in tune and in the right place. Yeah. So as you look at it, you can say, yeah, is my ego too big? All right, let's bring that down. Each day we'll work on so- on something to bring that down. One thing that reminds me of, of when I, a little context here, um, I lived with the monks for a bit, with Tibetan monks. I went and lived at a monastery. 
and trained with these Tibetan monks. And one of the, the things they talked about quite a bit was this word equanimity. I don't it, even know what that means. It, it's it. kind of what you just said. This equanimity is this, this constant flow, just this very zen, very calm, mm. equanimous. It's something that's very, it's very peaceful. It flows. It's harmony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things are in harmony. It just, it's the, it's the om. That's where om comes from. Om. It's that like it's equanimity. Mm-hmm. It just it flows, and so that's so important because that's like our baseline that we come back to and if you go into nature and if you go into silence all of a sudden you'll hear actually the ohm of the earth it's just this almost this like buzzing sound in this background and nature kind of rests at that equanimous level and so it's about not not getting stuck in the lows and not dwelling in that darkness understanding that it'll come back up but also not getting stuck in your ego in the highs and realizing that that'll come back down. Mm-hmm. And it's about that equanimous flow and really sitting in that position of calmness yeah. and understanding that calmness is power. And not identifying with the low or the high. Like yes. you said. Not identifying with either, but identifying with the wave itself. Yeah. Of uh, And the container that the wave is in. Yes. Of, of just you are everything. <laughs> and th- this leads us to, to number two, the, uh, another way to step into the sacred masculine, which is vulnerability. Um, keep in mind that with this equanimity, equanimity, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you're not having emotions. It doesn't mean you're not reacting and that you're not human. It, it does. But the, this part of this is the vulnerability of really being able to be honest with yourself, but also express that. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, Brene Brown is the queen of vulnerability, right? And she talks a lot about it, how vulnerability is, it's the middle ground. It's the gooey, messy center. And she says on one side is what we call negative emotions, the misery and guilt and shame and depression. And on on the other side of this gooey mess is joy and happiness and abundance. And the bridge between those, that gooey mess is vulnerability. And she's like, you can't selectively choose emotions. You can't choose to not feel like the defeats of life, but then feel joy all the time. Mm -hmm. She's like, it's not possible. And so vulnerability is that lock that like allows you to feel the full spectrum. And if we're not vulnerable, then not only do we numb out the pain, but we numb out the joy. Yeah. And in the midst of one, you see the beauty in the other. Amen. Amen. I'll say amen to myself. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like we're the the definition of vulnerability is also changing as well. Mm -hmm. When I hear vulnerability now, it's like I think strength. I really do. I think of a warrior of like Braveheart on the front lines who is so strong and so sure, and he's such a good leader that there's no fear. Mm-hmm. And so that vulnerability to him isn't really vulnerable because he's so strong. Yeah. And there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. It, how, it, it's amazing how strong that is, being vulnerable in that. And I'll preface this. As you start to step into your truest and highest form of this divine masculine, people will see this as weird. Yeah. People will not identify with it and, and kind of think you're like, like, what are you doing? That's, that's just different aspects of showing your truest form. 
people will not like. But in that, expressing your your most vulnerable, authentic state, you give other people permission to do the same. Yeah. And that's a ripple effect. And that's what will change the world. That's what will allow us to step into this all together is when everybody's vulnerable enough to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, take that and, and, and be okay with uh, being in the spotlight in that sense. Yeah. You know, taking, taking uh, hate and criticism from some, but providing the path for most. Yeah, and and be okay with taking off your armor. Yeah. You know, I think that's what vulnerability comes down to. Like, be okay with taking the armor off. And, you know, do you face a risk of taking an arrow or two? Yeah, you do. But are you going to keep your armor on your whole life? You know, are you never really going to be able to fully express and, and shine and show yourself? Yeah. You know, what's that really worth? And so... You know, give yourself the graciousness and the tenderness, but getting to a point where it's oh, it's okay to take the armor off. And it's not guaranteed that you won't get hurt. Like, the, there's no guarantee there, but that's okay. Because that's part of life, is that you're feeling it all, you're tasting it all. Yeah. And you're so strong that if you do take an arrow to, you'll be okay. Yep. And, and you'll heal, and you'll bounce back, and you'll be even stronger right? There, there's no warrior that comes back from a battle without scars. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's part of the process. It makes them stronger. It makes you stronger. So in a big part of this, so we'll jump to number three, which is deprogramming beliefs. So this one's really fascinating because as just as with anything, as we step into the sacred masculine, you're going to come up against a lot of roadblocks that are really your own limiting beliefs, yeah. especially societal. And, and we see this with this systemic process and toxic masculinity and like all these other things. But there is a lot of false premises and false beliefs in our culture that we were raised up on. And that's why we get into a position as men to where sometimes we can be domineering or overpowerful or controlling, or even for some men, the, the complete opposite side no backbone. They don't speak up. Like mm. either way, we, we tend to be in one extreme or of the other. Isn't it funny how every world leader embodies one or the other? It's yeah. an extreme of one or the other. It's, they're, you know, they take too much control, yeah. cause too much damage, cause too much mayhem. And on the other hand, there's some who just get pushed over. Yeah. Kind of do what the people above them tell them to do. Yeah. And it's like none of that, neither of that is... Uh, successful or yeah. or beneficial for anybody. Yeah. Again, finding that balance and knowing that all that that all comes from within. Because with that example, I think it's easy for some people to point a finger and be like, "Well, yep, that's what happens when you get power. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you get money." I disagree. I think power and money—it's all energy. It's it's neutral, but it amplifies what's already within you. Did Martin Luther King become evil once he got power, once he got a following? You know, did Gandhi? There there are several people throughout history that you can look at that when they got power and money, they actually did good things. Mm -hmm. Most of the time they got schwacked and (laughs) they were crucified. And, you know, Jesus Christ is a great example as well in history. But I think it's important to point out that, like, it's not that thing, the power, the money, the external that corrupts you or leads you towards one extreme. It's actually what's what's within that's amplified and brought to the external. Yeah, and I think 
you know, taking a step back and, and being willing to say, maybe I am viewing this wrong. Let's deprogram that. Yeah. And understand that there's a new way to look at it and it could be better than the way I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So let's dive into it and, and kind of see what, what I agree with and yeah. see what fits. So be willing to, to again, take the armor off and, and deprogram and, and see it from a new light. Yeah. You know, like society and, and everybody pushing these ideas onto you of a man, you know, is, is the man of the house and, and works all these hours and, and all these good, they're good things. But with all these pressures that you feel on a personal level of who you should be in the masculine sense from society, it probably isn't right. Yeah. And as I go through, I'm going to actually list off a bunch of these beliefs that we have in society that I think damage the the masculine viewpoint. And as we go through this, keep in mind, dude, every time I say this, this is always controversial, but beliefs are decisions. Yeah. Beliefs are choices. They're not truths. You don't believe something because it's true. Something becomes true because you believe it. Like mm -hmm. beliefs are powerful, but they're choices. And so one thing that's really helped me is, is asking the question, whether it's true or not, does this belief empower me? If it doesn't empower me, why the hell do I believe it? Yeah, It's holding me back. For real. Right? So as I go through these beliefs, ask yourself, you know, if you have that belief, is it serving you? And if it's not serving you, maybe it's time to look at letting it go. So here we go. Men shouldn't cry because it makes you like a wimp or a sissy. Men must be stoic and not express their emotions. Men must have a successful career. Men must be the head of the household. Men are primarily logical and left brain oriented. Men have to be interested in sports. Men are the saviors of women and children. Men must dominate women physically, sexually, and career-wise. Men are expected to be aggressively self-confident. And men must look strong and have muscles or be in good shape. So these are just a few of the thousands of beliefs throughout society that we have that are placed on men. And again, the topic isn't, are these true or are they not? That's totally going to depend on your lens through which you look at it and, and yeah. your background and how you were raised. The question is, if you have these beliefs, are they empowering you? Mm -hmm. Are they helping you to step into the sacred masculine or are they holding you back? To go off of that, one, one funny thing that I've seen for myself in my own life is as I'm on this journey of trying to become as powerful and as strong as I can be, I've realized that a lot of these I'm on the opposite side of. Like, like underactive kind of for the first one mainly is like the more powerful that I am trying to become and like the, the stronger I am within myself is like, I tend to find myself cry even more, mm. you know, I tend to find myself like feeling safe enough in my own body. Cause I, I feel I've done the work to, to try to be as strong as I can that I allow myself to cry and be vulnerable and, 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 feel other people's emotions yeah. and take that in. And it's inter interesting to see. It's almost like we have it kind of backwards. Yeah. You know, it's like the, yeah, just, just, uh, kind of altering those, those beliefs and saying like, you know, what's totally lost my train of thought, but yeah. It's well, a, and the, yeah. there's a, <laughs> there's a certain, there is a certain fear within vulnerability because it's like, you know, how are people going to receive this? 
right? That That's like a fear that's in that vulnerability. But, but one thing that's really important that Brene Brown talks about is that like vulnerability is not just like throwing up everything and being like, oh, I went through this and this is happening. And she's like, no, that's not vulnerability. In fact, that can actually very much lead dangerously into the victim mindset. Mm. She says vulnerability has boundaries. Vulnerability is only shared with people who can hold space for that. That's that's a key, and that's part of the masculine spine, mm-hmm. backbone, discernment. You know, creating that safe space. That's the role of the sacred masculine. And before you can create the safe space for the divine feminine, you have to create it for yourself. And what you'll find is that as we create that safe space more and more, then we will be able to become more and more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So. That's like one thing to think about is that if if you're listening to this and you struggle with vulnerability, you might want to look at your safety. Yeah. Do you feel safe externally and internally? Yeah. Internally would be how hard are you on yourself? How much do you criticize yourself? How much do you judge yourself? If you're a harsh critic of yourself, it's going to be really difficult to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. because if you start to express those emotions, that voice inside you is going to be like, you little bitch. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if that's the talk in your head, the narrative, then why would you start to be vulnerable? You know, you're going to get freaking crucified. Yeah. So I, I think that's a big takeaway. Like if, if you are struggling with vulnerability, I think you should look at your safety. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I agree. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) And dude, a lot of these are so interesting because I can go through some of them and and really see, um, yeah, a lot of these that I have totally had in my life and and really had to work on as I step more into the masculine and really stepping into that place where I am expressing myself more. I, I am more vulnerable. I am stepping into the light of like who I think I am. And, and one thing that comes to my mind too is I was writing a blog. This was like four years ago, I think, five, whenever it was. I was living in Australia at the time. And I was in a really bad place, dude, really dark place. And I was writing this blog just trying to get my emotions out on paper. And this thought came to my mind and it said, as I was writing this blog, like part of the the stress and the dark place I was in is that I was trying to keep up this character. Mm. I was trying to stay put together so that the world could see that I wasn't, losing it and like my life was falling apart and so i was trying so hard to keep this character together which was which is so draining right that's that's very draining and i literally had this thought that came to my mind and it said broken people can't relate to perfect people and it was like this release Mm. it was like in showing your quote-unquote brokenness even though you know you you can't be broken We're, we're wounded but we're not broken we're beautiful souls but like it was like giving me this permission that like in showing your vulnerability in showing your imperfections, your weaknesses, you're actually going to open up room for others to relate to you. And that's going to create connection. Yeah. Yeah. People connect through vulnerability. Yeah. And that's the easiest way to connect to people. And being that, that spot of that people can turn to and be like, man, I want to be, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. You know, so strong that they're vulnerable and uh, giving giving other people permission to do that. Yeah. So as as you go through some of these limiting beliefs that there is around masculinity and around the sacred masculine, 
take time with them. You know, if there's one that really stung, that really was like, oh yeah, I have that belief. And if it's, again, it, it could be beneficial for you. It, it could not be. That's what you have to gauge at. It's, it's personal for, for each person. But if that belief is not serving you any longer, have some courage to look at that and really have the courage to to face it, to try and transmute it, to, to work on it over time and to start to really overcome that limiting belief because yeah. you totally can. You totally can. And a lot of that requires everything of that. All that requires action to take action, that action, baby. That, that, that's what, that's what separates an idea from a, from, you know, reality and something that you're building. Yeah. And, uh, you have to take action every day to perfect this. Like you yeah. like we said at the beginning, this is an ongoing theme, you know, and through that action, you build or destroy your masculinity and and uh, the divine part of that. Yes. You know? Yeah. Something that is really, that comes to my mind with action is understanding that self-esteem is actually engineered within. It doesn't come from what other people say about you. And so the, the best definition I ever heard of self-worth is the willingness to do hard things. Action is a masculine principle for a reason. Action is the foundation, uh, inspired action, of like that self-esteem loop. The more things you do that are difficult and you prove that to yourself, the more confident you become. Like so many, oh, I feel like I'm about to go on a rant, dude. Do like, it. Do there are you go. so many men right now that need to get up off their asses and start using their gifts. Yeah. Like, oh, I have the chills right now. Dude, there's so many people I know in my life, guys, and, and I'm not judging. It's actually coming from a place of compassion. I can see the gifts they have to offer the world. I can see the skills they have and their energy and their, their whole character and aura. And they just won't, like, oh, they don't have the courage to, like, step out into the world and start to shine and express that. And it's like, oh, it's like, it's so, it's like so sad because we need it. Yeah, we need it. We need men to step up, to start facing these limiting beliefs, to start becoming stronger, to start being more vulnerable, to start sharing their powers. We need all of it. Mm -hmm. We need all of it. So we need men to step up and to start taking action for real. Like it's time. So what do you think allows like men through action to want to do that, to, to be courageous enough to do that? Because it's almost impossible to like turn to somebody and say, okay, tomorrow be the best version of you ever do everything totally. perfect. Do that. It's a work in progress and you have to take action towards that. Right. What skills can you, can you explain that allow men to want to step into that and want to, um, you know, take off their armor and deprogram and start to understand how, how powerful they truly are outside of you know other people's uh you know um impressions of them and and yeah. that control that other people have on them dude the only word that comes to my mind is courage it's not even a skill like to step into the sacred masculine again you don't need you like this is a process of mastery for sure over time but like what's holding you back is the lack of courage it's not that you need more money it's not that you need a better house or that you need a new girlfriend or that you need more knowledge or that you need more this or that. Or that No, you just need more courage to like take the leap of faith mm -hmm. and to like 
decide from today here on out that I'm going to start being accountable. I'm going to start being honest with myself. I'm going to start taking inspired action. Even if it sounds crazy, mm-hmm. I'm going to have the faith and the courage to do it. Yeah. I'm going to have the courage to become the person I need to do, to get my body in shape, to be a protector, to do the hard things that build that self-worth. I'm going to have the courage to be able to take risks in my business, to be able to take leaps of faith that other people are making fun of me for, but I'm still going to do it because it feels right in my gut. I'm going to honor mm-hmm. my soul. I'm going to start to create more order and discipline in my life. I'm going to create a morning routine. I'm going to start to respect others more and act from the heart instead of the ego. Like these are all courage. Mm -hmm. These are all acts of courage. So I think we're in an epidemic right now of like a lack of courage. We need more men who have faith, who have courage, who are willing to win or lose, right? Victory or loss are willing to step into the arena and to fight and to be in the arena. One quote that changed my perspective on this topic of being courageous and stepping into that was sometimes you just have to do it while you're scared. Mm. Sometimes you feel fear and you just still have to do it. A lot of people feel fear and they want to turn away, but sometimes you just have to do it while you're scared and doing that over and over again, you know, instills more courage. Yeah. The more courageous things you do instills more courage. So if you want to say, or if you say, I want to be the most courageous version of myself in six months from now, do something that takes courage every day. And it gets easier and easier as you do that. So if you're scared to do something, (laughs) you're going to have to do it with that fear still in you. Yeah. And it's understanding that courage is not fearlessness, right? Courage is like, you're usually scared shitless, but like, (laughs) You know, there's a higher calling. There's like a gut feeling, an intuition, something you need to do. And and you kind of just have to take that leap of faith. Like Mm -hmm. that's really what courage is. And, and again, like we say this in the most loving manner, like courage is a daily thing. There's things on a daily basis. I have to face with courage. This isn't something I've accomplished Mm -hmm. and checked off the box. Yeah. I'm still far from it. This is like a daily thing of embodying the sacred masculine, but a a big part of that, 100% is courage. It's simply just having the courage to show up. That's it. I don't care if you have no skills. I don't care if you feel like you're a broken, just heap of shit on the floor and you're in a dark space. Like it doesn't actually matter or what you've done in the past or who you think you are. Like it's just a step of courage. Have the courage to show up day by day and if you show up you for sure i promise will eventually start to step into that sacred masculine the courage will lead you there amen amen so we'll push through these last two ones the fifth one is nature um this is a really big one nature is like again equanimity it's going to help to calm you calm the mind and it's going to help for you to really embody those principles and and sometimes too along with nature I think for me, nature is kind of a mentor, but what can help is is finding someone in your life who already embodies the archetype of, of the sacred masculine. Find someone in your life that you don't have to know them. They can be a, an influencer or a celebrity or some person in history, it doesn't matter, but find someone who you feel like really embodies that really well 
and, and mimic, you know, mm-hmm. kind of that lifestyle and those actions and what they do and study them, study their beliefs, how they go about life. And that's another way of embodying more fully, either through the power of a mentor or through the power of nature, really embodying even more deeply the, the sacred masculine. Dude, nature is the greatest training ground because it has everything that we need. It has yeah. everything that we need in every lesson, you know, and, uh, you know, we talk about this one every time, but uh, cold therapy. Ice baths. Yes. That's a part of nature. <clears throat> Going on a solo two-day wilderness uh, camp out. You know, that's nature. Going on a hike and, and getting to the, the top of a peak and appreciating the beauty of that, it's nature. And through that, you know, you'll have different inklings and, and uh, insights that really nature is teaching you because yeah. you're out in it and you're getting that experience because you, you are out there. Yeah. And that's, that's a big one is, uh, you know, just really in, in uh, stepping into the earth and just being like, uh, yeah. like getting into that and just like getting down and getting dirty. And, and, uh, you know, for me, it's like, I actually hate hikes. I, I do, ha- dude, I do too. <laughs> I, I have hikes. never understood hikes. I know. It's like, just run up some dirt and yeah. And run down. It's like, come on. I, I will say the more I feel like I tap into more feminine qualities and like appreciation and joy and leaving my mind behind, the more I can enjoy them more. But yeah, yeah, hikes are overrated. <laughs> for me, for me, it's camping. Mm. I love camping, you know, and uh, I, I love it because like you just you're out there and you just feel yeah. you feel masculine and you're out and you're just your your essence and you're uh, chopping firewood. Well, I was just going to say there's a sense of ancestral survival to it, of roots, of being grounded, of it reminds me, and this is a clear marker of why society is kind of the way it is, but like it reminds me of rites of passage they would do in tribes back in the day. Like when you turn 12, you're like sent out to the woods where there's freaking saber tooth tigers and you have to survive for three days at 12 years old. And if you survive and come back to the village, congrats, you're a man now. You, you went through this rite of passage to step into the sacred masculine. Where are those rites of passages today? They don't exist. And so there, there's no like demarcation in the sand. There's no hard line of like, you just stepped into the manhood. You just stepped yeah. into becoming a warrior. We don't have that anymore. Yeah. You know? And so that's the power of nature is that it, it grounds you back to those ancestral rites of passage. Yeah. So go out. Ooh. Go jump in a river or something. Yeah, go jump in a river. <laughs> okay. Just don't get swept away and don't sue us for doing it. <laughs> and if you do, it was all meant to be. Yeah, if you lived, you got a cool story. So the very last one, the very last last quality, or I don't even know what you would call these principles, tactics, strategies to step into the sacred masculine. The very last one is connecting to your inner warrior. This one, by far, I think for me personally, is the most powerful one. I've always resonated with the warrior archetype and Mm -hmm. I will preface, this doesn't mean that like you have to love battle or war or go into or enlist in the military or like you're some aggressive dude. Like, no, that's, that's actually not what the warrior is all about. If you really study warriors of the past, true warriors, they were men of, of leadership. They were men of bravery. They were men of actually organization and structure. Art is, or war is an art. There's a lot of strategy, right? So the warrior embodies so many lost attributes of the sacred masculine. So when you start to connect back to your inner warrior, it actually brings and starts to envelop and like blossom 
this, this sacred masculine that's always been within you. It's this energy. But like you said, it's been covered up by layers and layers of programming and trauma and heaviness. And as you connect to the core of your inner warrior, it's like this explosion of light that just like disintegrates these layers. And that will help to bring you closer and further into this process of the masculine. Yeah. How you step into the divine masculine is by becoming the truest, most authentic version of you. And that requires a warrior mindset to fight off all that doesn't serve you, to strip down everything that doesn't serve you, to take off that armor and really find out what you want to be. So stepping into that, that uh, really embodying the perfect version of your ultimate divine masculine is expressing yourself in the most true way. And that requires a warrior mindset. thousand percent. So it's only fitting then to end this podcast with some quotes that are very powerful. This is from a book. If you are listening to this, I would strongly recommend male or female to get this book. It's called Warrior of the Light. It's uh, it's a manual. So maybe it's called Manual for the Warrior of the Light, something like that. And it's by Paulo Coelho, the same one that wrote The Alchemist. And it is a manual for how to connect to your inner warrior, but not a warrior of battle, a warrior of light, a spiritual warrior of what we're stepping into and what this call is really about. This is not a call to pick up your AR-15 and go to the streets, okay? This is a spiritual battle that's going on. It's a battle of energy. It's a battle of positivity and negativity. It's a battle of fear versus faith, and it's very, very real. You can feel it. We're under attack, and this is a call for more spiritual warriors. And this book is a very good outline and manual to step into that process. So without further ado, we picked out the top 20 quotes from this book. So I'm going to go through just one after the other and pop off these different quotes. And I think these will be like little sparks of inspiration that can hopefully resonate on some level with people. All right. Okay. The 20 top quotes from Warrior of the Light as we wrap up this episode about the sacred masculine. Number one, a warrior never picks fruit while it is still green. A warrior of light values a child's eyes because they are able to look at the world without bitterness. When he wants to find out if the person beside him is worthy of his trust, he tries to see him as a child would. Number three, from the moment we are born, people tell us that the world is like this and like that, this way, that way. It is natural that, for a certain period of time, we end up believing what we are told but we must soon push these ideas aside and discover our own way of living reality. The humility of a warrior is not the same humility as that of a servile man. The warrior does not lower his head to anyone, and nor does he allow anyone to bow before him. The servile man, on the other hand, kneels before anyone he believes to be more powerful and demands that the people under his command behave in a similar fashion before him. Number five, he makes these decisions with courage, detachment, and sometimes with just a touch of madness. (laughs) I resonate with that one. (laughs) Number six, rarely does the warrior discuss his plans. He knows that whenever he talks about a dream, he uses a little bit of the energy from that dream in order to do so. 
A warrior of the light knows the power of words. It is not winning or losing the battle that matters, but how the war ends. The great victory, which appears so simple today, was the result of a series of small victories that went unnoticed. A warrior seeks to act and not waste time in useless conversation. A prolonged war finally destroys the victors too. I've been through all this before, the warrior says to his heart. Yes, you have been through all this before, replies his heart, but you have never been beyond it. The world is unfathomable and mysterious, just as we all are. The art of the warrior consists of reconciling the terror of being a man with the wonder of being a man. A warrior does not complain or lament anything and sees challenges as neither good nor bad. Challenges are simply challenges. Soul, a warrior's soul is as free as the clouds in the sky, but he is committed to his dream. On his freely chosen path, he often has to get up earlier than he would like, speak to people from whom he learns nothing, and make certain sacrifices. But that is the path of a warrior. It matters not how we were brought up. What determines our way of acting is the manner in which we administrate our will. A man is the sum of all his wishes, which determine his way of living and dying. The will is a sentiment, a talent, something which lends us enthusiasm. Behind the mask of ice that people wear, there beats a heart of fire. And I think that's a good one to end on because yeah. it envelops and it wraps everything up into compassion and that to me is the sacred masculine it's someone who is so sure of himself so confident so assertive so strong that he is able to love openly and freely he has no boundaries he has no limits he has no no fears that hold him back he's fully open fully vulnerable because he's strong enough to receive everything that comes to him. And I think that's the power of the, of the new man, of the new sacred masculine we're stepping into, is the man that is so strong, so lethal, so protective, so just durable and determined, so strong that he can be soft, so strong that he can be loving. And we all have these attributes within us, yep. regardless of gender, sexual orientation, anything in life, we all have that masculine energy and essence to us. Find the divine masculine essence within that and embody that because yeah. that's where your true power comes from. That's yeah. where your most authentic self expresses itself. You know, have that, that power and courage to create that container for yourself to feel safe in and for others. Lead that path and lead, be a trailblazer for that. Yeah. And embody that within yourself first so you can understand the power of it for yourself and turn around and help others do the same. Yeah. We can't do it all in just this podcast. We're not going to be able to. No, not even close. Not even close. It's a, it's a call for those watching who are meant to watch and meant to listen to this lesson right now and this, this knowledge so that you can turn around, embody it, be the best version of yourself and help the others do the same. And through that ripple effect, that is how we will accomplish the goal that we are set out to do right yeah. now. 
Dude, there's oh, there's so much power in that. And like I'm just like seeing all these people before us listening to this. And like that is the call right there. We need more men who are willing to fight this spiritual battle. We need more men and women who are willing to be more compassionate, more tender, more loving, more helpful. And that that is the call. A new earth a new species, a, a new people, a new spiritual agenda where we bind together as one. And if that resonates with you, step up. Like it is it is time for everyone to like rise the fuck up. Yeah. Like for real. It is time for everyone to dig deep, to be courageous and to start becoming the person they were always meant to be. It's time. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to our episode on the sacred masculine on the sacred odyssey. There you have it. Hoorah. Peace. Ciao. <laughs> yeah.